Cole James would be so quick to fight. <laughs> uh, I was very stubborn, but that's just that, that. That's how you survive in Chicago. If Hollywood was ever looking for a real-life model on which to base a gun-toting, tatted-up, gang-banging movie villain, James Kamara would be a good place to start. I did dirt. I did things I'm not proud of. I did things that I regret. And now, unfortunately, I got to ride around with a, with, a, with a pistol just to feel safe. I think everybody in Chicago does because you have to value your life like, like you never valued something before in Chicago. Ask him if he's ever shot anyone. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah. And the answer, to James at least, is obvious. It seems he spent most of his life on the business end of a 38 or in the backseat of a police car. So you'll excuse him for believing this was the life he was meant to live. Everyone he knows, everyone he's ever known, always told him that from this world, there is no escape. I was in the streets heavy. And yes, every single day, I get drawn back into it. Because even though I say, okay, tomorrow I want to be a doctor. Tomorrow I want to be a lawyer. Tomorrow I want to uh, change my life around. The damage that has already been done, nobody from the opposite side is going to spare me if they see me. Because Chicago is like war. Like, it's just war between all these gangs. It's war, and it's like real war. Stories of Hope is a podcast about people who meet needs and change lives. In this episode, James Kamara wanted to walk away, but he couldn't. I got to look over my shoulder every two seconds, literally, like I'm, that's just how it is to live in Chicago, man. James was trapped, trapped until the morning they came for him. And that day, as soon as his mother opened the door, nothing would ever be the same again. This is Stories of Hope, episode 16, The Golden Ticket. They all wore uniforms, all of them but one. They walked single file. They didn't talk, but they probably couldn't help but notice the huge cemetery across the street. Irony masquerading as geography. They stopped in an apartment building halfway down the block, double-checked their address. Then they opened the front door and climbed two flights of squeaky stairs. Six cops, one civilian. James Kamara never heard them coming. As a matter of fact, when they knocked on his door, one of Chicago PD's most wanted was sitting in his pajamas watching TV. We had a, a knock on the door, but it was like a heavy knock. I think it was an officer that knocked the door. So, my mama, it was my mother that came to the door? Yeah, it was my mother that came to the door. When she opened it, she opened it wide. So I seen all, all these officers. I'm like, what I do? For once, the answer to that question was nothing. That day, nobody came to present James with an arrest warrant. Instead, the police had brought a man who'd prepared a different kind of presentation. You've heard James talk about the streets don't forget. 
I'm still a target. I've still got an X on my back. And I might have an X on my back for a very, very long time, maybe till the end of my life. And that's where I think the gospel has to come. And so that's what we are trying to get at with this violence in our city of Chicago. His name is Michael Allen. He's the pastor of Chicago's Uptown Baptist Church. And his journey to James's doorstep actually started three years ago when he and his friends began to notice what was happening around them. We were so alarmed at the issue of gun violence in our city. We began meeting in small groups with other leaders. And so Together Chicago is like a backbone organization whose mission is to mobilize the church in Chicago to connect with uh, government and business in order to address the surrounding issues of gun violence. Pastors and police officers. Together Chicago started there. The hope was pastors could give men like James something police officers could not. The police have decided and they realize that they cannot arrest their way out of the problem. And so this idea of saying, hey, pastor, would you come with me? Because I've got these 10 guys that are troublemakers in my neighborhood, and I don't want to lock them up again. And then we go on the hunt looking for them. Except we're not looking for them to lock them up. We're going to give them hope. We're going to give them an opportunity, a golden ticket to say, today's your day, but you got to take it. You got to reach out and take it. It's up to you. For James and Michael, that is how the most unlikely friendship in the history of friendships began. A police escort, followed by a private conversation, followed by a golden ticket. I don't like police at all. So when I seen all these officers in my house, I it automatically wasn't interested in nothing they had to say. You know, it, it took him to tell them to like, you know, stand down or stand by or stay outside for a little minute. And he came in and he was talking to me. I don't know what it was about him, but it kind of made me let my guard down. I just talked to him. I said, dude, trust me, I'm here to help you. This is not a trick. There's no bait and switch. I live in your hood. And so all you need to do is make one call. Here's my card. I don't work for the police, but I work with the police so you can trust me. And um, I'll help you if you let me. And in the case of James, before I even got back to my office, he picked up the phone and called and said, hey, uh, you're just at my house and, you know, I can use some help. You know, can we talk? Remind me of your girlfriend's name. Which one? They got to know each other over scrambled eggs and bacon. One breakfast led to a hundred more. That's good. So I'm still waiting for us to do that. A double date. That double date or, you know, come over to the house. And when Michael asked James what he could really do to help him, James had a ready answer. Hey, Pastor. What's up, dog? I'm tired, man. Well, James needed transportation. Lots of transportation. As part of his old life exit strategy, he was wanting to go to school. But because he was who he was, he couldn't get there. Uh, when I asked him, what can I do for you? How can I help you? He says, well, I need a ride to school. I said, okay. But he explained the reason why 
you couldn't take public transportation to get to school. I don't take public transportation because it's that's playing Russian roulette. Some the wrong person see you, or the wrong crowd sees you. This is how people get killed. So Michael volunteered to drive James to school very early every morning. And even though they had to leave before the sun came up, it was a pastor's dream. Michael got to spend hours and hours with a willing, captive audience. You still have that, uh, that Bible app on your phone? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I said, what time do I need to pick you up? He's like, five in the morning. I said, five in the morning? I said, what kind of school is open at five in the morning? He goes, well, that's the deal. It's, it's, and then it was on the far south side. I'm on the, the far north side, and it was winter. But for me, I wanted him to know that this is a real deal. This is a real relationship. Back in the day, there used to be a mantra that was trending called WWJD. WWJD? It means, what would Jesus do? Now, if you wake up five in the morning and take somebody across, across the city, it felt good, the fact that he took an interest in my life and it was like, this man really cares about me. Just like you were talking about the other day, mm-hmm. after a while of hanging around me, you started to think about... About what would you do? Right, right. different things. Oh, uh, okay, I see it. I right. see the concept, okay. And so, At that point, it was like a challenge to me, like, man, I gotta make him proud now too. Because it was like, it's not even just making my mother proud no more at this point. It's like, I got to make him proud, too. Picking someone up every morning at 5 a.m., driving them to school and talking to them about Jesus along the way. It's amazing what that can do to a guy. All those people James Kamara once knew, the ones who said there's no escape from his old life. It turns out all those people were wrong. It is dangerous for him to come into the neighborhood where our church is, and I understand that. So he's never heard me preach. He's never been to one of our worship services. But James calls me his pastor. He calls me his mentor. And um, this is Christianity. It's another level of Christianity that I'm not sure that he was familiar with until you know we had a relationship. I could have been another statistic in Chicago. But I remember when I told him I had um, graduated, and the smile that I seen on his face, it made me feel good, because it was like, man, like this man had hope in me, man. If the me five years ago could look at me now, honestly, the old James would be so surprised, man. Like, he would be so proud, though, at the same time. He would. This has been Stories of Hope from Send Relief. Today's episode, The Golden Ticket, There are people just like James in most every community in North America, people who feel trapped in a life of crime and poverty. Just like Michael did, you and your church can meet needs and build witnessing relationships with them. For tips on how, go to sendrelief.org. And to learn more about how God is using Michael and Together Chicago to change the lives of people in their communities, visit them on the web at togetherchicago.com. That's togetherchicago.com. If you liked what you heard here, rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. And join us in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope.